bit deadly. Where the beauty of makeup meets a horror of true crime with Chuck and Liz. You got it. We should have a stamp card where every time we get it correctly. (laughs) Okay, so for this episode, a lot of the information came from a documentary I saw. It was on ESPN's 30 for 30. It was the last episode of the first season, and it's called The Two Escobars. Now, just to start, um, they're not related. Thank you. Good night. Oh, how disappointing. Oh, just wait. Uh, same trigger warnings? <sighs> yes. And this is a part two. Part dos. Thank you. Uh, I thought I had something else to say, too. Uh, all the other like, materials I used will be linked. Thank you. I'm not an asshole. Okay. During Escobar's like reign, if you want to call it that, one of the things that he decided to do in order to launder his money, which other cartels did as well, was to own a soccer team. With a soccer team, you could, for instance, claim that there were t- like $2 million worth of tickets sold that were bought in cash, when in reality, only a million dollars worth of tickets were sold, and now you've laundered a million dollars. One, on brand. <laughs> Two, I thought you were going to say mattress store. Oh my, <laughs> you had a mattress store? Have you heard that conspiracy theory? Oh yeah. But I've seen like a, a few where I'm like, hmm, interesting. Uh, Pablo also really loved soccer, and as I said last episode, during this time the Colombian team got like really good, and they were part of Colombia's way of showing their national pride. The team that Pablo owned was called Atletico Nacional. Pablo was a big part of why Colombian soccer started to get good, because they had a lot of money to go through the club, so they could afford to bring in foreign players and offer their best players more money in order to keep them around. I mean, still, I'm like, the good outweighs the bad with Pablo Escobar. I feel like you're going to think that at the end still. I feel like maybe I didn't play up how much of an asshole he is. I'm just going to put this in right here. Altogether, they killed, like, 540 police officers fighting with the government. Yeah, yeah, I'm so Oh, my God. (laughs) So one of their best players was Andres Escobar. They could also, like, sell players to other teams and falsify how much they received for them, like, in order to launder more money. Pablo took soccer very seriously, though. During a game in 1989 where Pablo's team was facing the Cali Cartel's team, the Cali Cartel ended up bribing the ref to basically, like, give them the game. Oh, shit. Once Pablo found out what had happened, he had the ref killed. Yep. And then, of course, in that documentary, one of the sons of, like, the Cali Cartel, like, you know, the people who started it, was like, my dad would never kill someone over soccer, but Pablo did. Like, okay. But your dad killed other people and bribed a ref. And for what? And they're owners of a cartel. They're drug lords. Allegedly, his dad would never. Oh, my God. And, of course, he, the son, had been arrested for profiteering. Allegedly. Mm, but I don't understand why that's the line. He's like, he would kill basically anyone, but never a ref for a soccer game. Yeah. That is crossing the line. Which we would never do in a soccer game. <laughs> um, Pablo loved his team and would invite them to parties at drug ranches and would play soccer with them. Did you say drug ranches? Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> Carry I on. they refer to it as in the documentary, and I was like, yes, I like it. Drug ranches. Okay. <laughs> um, so yes, imagine the stress of that playing against Pablo Escobar. So it's like you beat him. I mean, maybe he'll be upset, 
But if you purposely let him win, he's definitely going to be upset. You think he's like a little bitch, you know? So. Can you imagine if Pablo did think he threw a game and you were really just that bad? Oh, my God. They just pop, 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 pop. I swear they just really suck at soccer. really bad. <laughs> um, so Andres at first was hesitant to, like, go to these parties at first. He was a good guy. He was religious. And I'm sure he didn't really want to be associated with the drug lord. But Pablo really admired him and they ended up becoming good friends. I mean, after all, what could go bad on a drug ranch? Oh, my. Yeah, what could possibly go wrong when the whole Colombian government was after you? No. <laughs> uh, so a little bit of background on soccer so you can follow along with the story a little bit. So there are clubs like Atletico Nacional and there are national teams. So, for instance... Some people may know, like, Lionel Messi. Okay. Like, he plays for Barcelona, but he's from Argentina, so he plays for their national team. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, like, in this case, Andres played for Atletico, but he also played for the Colombian national team. So, like, there are qualifying games for soccer over a three-year period, so about four to five matches a year to see who gets to go to the World Cup, which is kind of like the Super Bowl, would you say? Bigger. bigger than the Super Bowl, but like kind of happens less frequently. It's more it's like the Olympics. Olympics. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. That's a better analogy. We're sports people. <laughs> oh my god. Um, so back then there were 24 teams in the start of the World Cup, and there would be rounds to like see who moved on. So during this time, Colombia's national team was working toward going to the 94 World Cup in the US, and they were looking um like the team to beat, basically. The World Cup is a big deal for national pride, but also because if you do well at the World Cup and at the World Cup and players play really well, they have opportunities to be snatched up by like the bigger clubs. Okay. So like a Barcelona or something like that. Um, this means that the players, along with the club owners, would make a lot of money if bigger clubs chose them okay. to buy them. So by 1991, Colombia was moving to end extradition and their new constitution. So Pablo decided to surrender, but he wanted to be able to construct his own prison. He agreed to serve a full term of five years in prison. How generous. <laughs> he also told them that he wanted to decide who would guard him. So of course he would what? pick guards who were loyal to him. Also, he built his own prison. Who's to say he I doesn't mean, have like a hole in the wall? Uh, a lot of people believe that the prison was more built to keep Pablo's enemies out to avoid assassination attempts than to keep Pablo in. Uh, the prison was called La Catedral, or the Cathedral, and was bored. Bored? It was bored. <laughs> it was built in Medellin. It had a soccer field, a bar, a jacuzzi, a waterfall. That's just a really safe house. He also had a telescope that could look down at the city so that he could see his daughter at their house while he talked her on the phone. Oh, that's kind of sweet. Yeah. Uh, during his time there, he would play... Okay, this is not even reading. Jesus Christ. During his time here, he would have soccer players come visit him and play matches with him. One of those players for the Colombian national team, their goalie, visited Pablo, but was caught by reporters going up to La Catedral which was a big scandal at the time. The goalie's name was uh, Rene... Higuita. Higuita. You heard it here first, folks. Which they called a loco. What does that mean? 
I hate you. He ended up being arrested for visiting Pablo, which was interesting because when they arrested him, they claimed it was for kidnapping someone. He didn't kidnap anyone. They just didn't like that he went to Pablo's. I was going to say, how was it illegal to visit someone in prison? Nope. They just were like, mm, we're going to take him. Um, but after that, he also wasn't allowed to play with the national team in the World Cup in 94 because him being seen with, seen with Pablo and then playing on the team would hurt Colombia's international image. Fair enough. Uh, the whole team had been there, though, just not like no one else caught them. But to be fair to the players, it was kind of, you go or else. You know what I mean? We can do say no to Pablo. Yeah. One of the biggest drug lords in Colombia. Uh, everything was going pretty smoothly, you know, in the prison. Until Pablo decided to murder a few people inside the prison. And then flee out the back gate. Right before the government came in to move him to a real prison. Once they realized that he had killed people. He was like, I'm out. Who are these people? He had it made. <laughs> he chose the people to work in the prison. He made the prison. <laughs> and he's like, I'm out. After a year. <laughs> a year <laughs> in basically a really safe house. <laughs> yep. So he fled in July of 92 and went on the run. Fun fact. These days, La Catedral is used as a refuge for Benedictine monks. I'd never heard of before, so that's Benedictine? Benedictine. They're the Order of St. Benedict. They're a monastic religious order of the Catholic Church following the rule of St. Benedict. They're also sometimes called black monks. Fun. All right. Okay, so now I'm going to give you a little background on Andres Escobar. People refer to him as a gentleman of the soccer field. He truly believed that soccer could help curb violence in Colombia. Andres worked with the poor children in Colombia and even gave a scholarship to his old school. So it makes sense kind of like why Pablo and him were such good friends. Like they had a lot in common. Yeah. Uh, good things in common. Yes. Yes. Andres is also known to read passages from the Bible every night and he used pictures of his fiance and deceased mother's bookmarks. Oh. So side note, I have a problem with the documentary. They kept referring to his fiance as his girlfriend, which is kind of disrespectful, so there's that. But back to Pablo. So there were a few people who used to work with Pablo that, for whatever reason, turned against him. One of these people is Carlos Cantano, uh, who used to be Pablo's close friend. He ended up joining the Cali cartel, and together they started Los Pepes, which I talked like briefly about last time. They basically waged a war against Pablo and were doing things like hanging his Sicarios, which if you remember were the hitmen. Uh, he would also ex- they would also exchange information with the Colombian National Police to help them catch Pablo, because they were after him at this time. Probably because they wanted to like be able to take over his operations and they were also like, you know, angry with him. But Los Pepe's main goal was to assassinate Pablo. And they killed anyone who had any allegiance to him. So people who worked for him, his friends, his family. Damn, they just worked for him. I mean, it's a job. Not to them. So eventually in 1993, Pablo was shot and killed during a shootout with the the search block, which was part of the Colombian National Police and Los Pepes. Uh, 
A lot of the poor people of Columbia were devastated by Pablo's passing. Many of them went to his funeral. Wait, he was really dead? Oh, that bitch is dead. He died in a shootout. Shook. What a way to go out. I thought it would be something like smoother, like poison. Oh, no. Uh, One woman in the documentary was sobbing and calling Pablo their savior. After Pablo died, basically all hell broke loose. In 94, the Colombian national team ended up going to the World Cup. They have been doing extremely well up to this point. Now, in the World Cup, there will be different rounds, like I said before. So, for instance, uh, in the World Cup in the first round, Colombia was going to have to go up against three other teams. Could you call these by chance of matches? Sure. If you so choose. I do not so choose. Look at me. The group stage. You heard it here first. I know nothing about soccer, so. Uh, the four teams would all have to play each other, and the top two teams on a point system get to move on. Uh, let me just point out that there's a lot of money on the line during World Cups, especially back then when teams were backed by drug cartels. So one of the players' sons back in Medellin had been kidnapped while the team was in the U.S., like, he was really young, too. I think he was, like, two or three. They ended up getting him back safe, luckily. Um, and then, starting off, Columbia wasn't doing so well. In fact, they lost their first game. Part of this was because a kid was kidnapped, and the team was receiving death threats. Someone, at one point, had programmed the TVs in their hotel rooms, saying that if, like, a specific player plays, then they all die. What? Yep. And there's no way that a team could perform well under that type of pressure. And let me remind you that they already lost their goalie. He couldn't play with them. And then they had to bench someone else to avoid being murdered. So they were missing two of their best players. And then the guy whose kid was kidnapped also had his brother murdered back in Medellin because Columbia was losing. Because that'll make it better. Yep. Uh, They kept losing in subsequent games as well. The ball just, like, wouldn't go in most of the time. In their second-to-last game, they were up against the USA. If they lost that game, they were knocked out of the World Cup and wouldn't be able to move on since they, like, had been doing so poorly. And, of course, in that game, Andres accidentally kicked the ball into the wrong goal, giving the other team a point. We can laugh because, yes, soccer's a joke not in Colombia. I'm not laughing because it's funny. It's just so fucked up. Yep. It's like everything's on the line. Imagine how he was feeling. Like, I would feel like a complete dumbass if I just did that regularly. Yep. But one of the, he's one of the best players, and he does that by complete oh, accident. Now, normally, this would be devastating for a team. But for the Colombian team, it could be deadly. Andres also had a really good chance of being snatched up by a big club if he did well, like in the World Cup. One of them was uh, in Milan, and he had talked to and, like, fantasized about it with his fiance about moving there and, like, how beautiful it would be. After all that, in the documentary, his sister said that after Andres accidentally kicked the ball into the wrong goal, her son said to her, they're going to kill Andres. Her son, who was, like, nine, I think they said. Yeah. So when they got back to the U.S., Andres just wanted to have a night out. Mm-mm. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. Everyone told him it would be better to just stay home and let things blow over. He, however, wanted to face his people, so he went out. 
That night, his fiance woke up startled and felt like something was really wrong, so she called her parents. Probably because he faced a Glock, not his people. <sighs> that night, his car was surrounded and he was shot six times. Oh, my God. Yep. What we know now is that the Guyon brothers, who used to work with Pablo, left and joined Los Pepes, said to Andres at the bar, thanks for the own goal. And Andres talked back by trying to defend himself and say it was a mistake, you know. I'm not talking back. Well, that's why they shot him, because he talked back to them. Allegedly. Castaño, who I mentioned before, was paid by the brothers to bribe the prosecutor's office in order to pin it on the bodyguard. The bodyguard served 11 years of a 43-year sentence. But as everyone in the documentary pointed out, a bodyguard wouldn't act on his own and do that. He would need orders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, people in the documentary said that if Pablo wasn't killed, Andres wouldn't have been either. Pablo wouldn't have stood for it, and the kidnapping wouldn't have happened either for that matter. And funny enough, well, obviously not really funny, but they were both killed by the same people, Los Pepes. After this, a lot of Colombia's players quit. And by 1998, Colombia's soccer team dropped from 4th place to 34th place in the world rankings. Other fun facts. During Pablo's and Los Pepe's reign, Colombia's murder rate was the highest in the world, where 381 out of 100,000 residents would be murdered. By 2009, that number had been cut in half. Jeez. Honor's last words to his fiance were, life cannot end here, before going out for the night. So that's why it was driving me crazy that they kept calling her his girlfriend. The man died. That doesn't make her his girlfriend. It's still his fiance. There was still plans to get married. Yeah, he just died. That was bothering me. I would be more comfortable calling her like a widow. Facts. She basically is. Yep. Also, after Pablo died, his family had to flee the country. But other countries didn't want to let them in because of who they were. Eventually, they got into Argentina, and Pablo's son ended up changing his name. Unfortunately, his daughter ended up having a breakdown and has been struggling with her mental health over the years. But, like, who can blame her? Yeah. Uh, and in 2018, Pablo's wife and son were actually held on charges for money laundering and falsifying documents for a Colombian drug lord in Argentina. So they learned nothing. Awesome. Yep. And that's where the story ends. I can't believe you just died. Yeah. Well, okay. But how weird is it? Like, they, him and Pablo were friends, and then they were killed by the same people. I mean, it makes sense. They would have common enemies. Yeah. If they were friends. But. I still can't get over the fact he got to build his own prison. Yeah. Pick his own guards and still was like, hmm, not good enough. I'm out. You know what they did in the prison? They, they had bets, so essentially him, he picked another rich guy, and they would be like, create their own soccer teams. Any player that they wanted, they'd offer them any amount of money they wanted to come fly anywhere from the world to play in that one match, and they all got paid. It's like fantasy football. Exactly. But actually, for anyone who hasn't seen Narcos, obviously it's not like 100% true to like the story. But it's real good, and it shows you like a lot about Pablo. So, is it in English or Spanish? Both. Both. 
Okay. So, like, they had American cops, and all their parts were in English. Okay, oh, whenever yeah. it came to, like, Pablo, it was in Spanish. So, it was, but like, authentic. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, like, yeah, that That's makes sense. Okay. good. Highly recommend. All right. I thought that was also funny how he had to bury his money because he didn't know where yeah. else to put it. He has so much money. Finding what a problem. It. I wish I had that problem. That's what I'm saying. He should have built his prison out of the money. Oh, my God. Like, I don't know if... People still talk about it. How one night he had his daughter, and like it was really cold. Oh, yeah, that's that, that, that last night. Yeah. yeah, he was burning the money. Imagine that. Let me just $2 million. set $2 million on fire. I don't think I'll have that much money in my life. Oh my God. But he was also in like Forbes' richest man alive. Yep. Like he was in the top 10 for $30 billion. Oh, that's insane. That is insane. What an interesting man. What yeah. an interesting time. Mm-hmm. Insane. That is insane. I don't remember if I talked about this last time, but there's like a picture of him outside the White House with his son. <laughs> he's just chilling? <laughs> yeah, he's kid of the US. <sighs> and got to stand outside the White House. Oh, and you went to Disney with his uh, family? I wonder if my dad had like walked by him at all. At some point? Yeah, because like, well, Peru, you know, bordering Colombia. Yeah, and you want to like, go to Peru. Uh, his high school, like their like senior trip for what they did was they visited all of South America. Oh, that's America. right. You told me that. Yeah, so they so went to every point, country. He could have just walked by Pablo. South America's huge, though. They went to every country? Yep. That's pretty cool, right? Yeah, because Pablo would go to Peru to get the coca base. So, Pablo for the alpacas? Wallows. So, for my section, we're going to be talking about the looks at the Oscars. I'm not really going to be showing any men's looks because okay. they're usually suits. suits. So the first one up is Zendaya. Oh, I loved that dress. Did you see it? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's, I would say, it is like more of a neon yellow mm-hmm. as a sweetheart neckline, but at the bottom of the bust, it's open until her midriff, like her mid-abdomen. Yeah. There's a cutout, and it's floor length and strapless. So pretty. And it's Valentina Haute Couture, and she's wearing Bulgari jewelry. Jewelry. That's okay. a hard word to be saying. She's so tall. Ever since I heard DJ Kyle, Kyle say jewelry. I've been wanting to say jewelry. Because it's so much easier than saying jewelry. Jewelry. So what are your thoughts? I think it's beautiful. I think she pulls it off. Like, any other people might have looked like tacky but she's looks beautiful it looks beautiful with her skin and everything yeah next is margot robbie and chanel hooktor and chanel fine jewelry do you like to describe this one um i mean it's a like a spaghetti strap dress floor length is it like floral kind of yeah, it yeah. Like, it's a very small floral pattern i'm not a huge fan I don't like the color. It's like a muted gray color. Yeah. Just not what I would expect from her. No, and I don't like it. And she also has bangs, which I don't think suit her particularly yeah, well. Um, it seems fitted around her waist, but it doesn't seem properly fitted around her bust. And, like, it doesn't seem fitted around her hips either. Yeah. It just doesn't seem right on her body. No. She's not wearing a necklace, but like it calls oh, for a necklace for 100%. me because it's so open. A hundred percent. She doesn't have any really like um like standout pieces at all. Yeah, and her 
bag is black and it has sparkles, which I don't think goes with this at all. It looks very average from someone who's so famous going to and the Oscars. And beautiful and everything. And her hair is back, too, so there's not even that interest point of her hair. Yeah. And, like, her hair color is just, like, a brownish blonde. So even like that's blonde. not specifically interesting either. Yeah. And you can't see her shoes. And, like, her nails aren't even, like, a like, stand-up color. Like, there's just nothing wow about it. And that's in the Oscars. Step it up, Chanel. <laughs> All right, Viola Davis and Alexander oh. McQueen with Jimmy Choo Clutch. She always looks beautiful. I feel like I've seen that dress before. Really? What else? Yeah. Oh, I don't think I have. It kind of looks like the edge of a napkin. I'll give you that. Like, like, a, like a doily. Yeah, like the edge of the yeah. napkin is like the top part of it, and then the bottom part's the napkin. Oh, my God. I think it looks really pretty, though. I think it suits her. I think she needed a necklace, too, though. Just, like, a pearl necklace or something, you know? Something. Because it's just so blank up there. Yeah. Mm. Like, if this was a toot and boot kind of situation, I would boot it. Okay. There's just something wrong about this one, too. I don't like the straps on her. Yeah, I think the straps are maybe a little thick. And her hair is lopsided. Is it? Oh, yeah, I guess a little. Step it up, fam. You know? Fuck. And I also don't like how the top lace kind of part goes into the skirt. It looks like there's a very clear cutoff, at least for me. Oh, you're right. That's weird. So it looks like two pieces put together, and it stops awkwardly from the skirt to the lace. Yeah, you're right. I didn't realize that until you zoomed in a little bit. Weird. It looks like they're separate and sewn together. Yeah. And then the clutch, it's a different kind of white, which bothers me. Fair enough. That's another thing. The top of the dress and the bottom of the dress are two different kinds of white. Oh my god, they are. Now that you pointed it out, you got life for fashion. Thanks. And even like her earrings and her uh, bracelets don't look like the same. Yeah, like they don't match. Interesting. So yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. Oh, All right, wow. Regina King and Louis Vuitton. All right, ma'am. She brought it. She looks like um, a butterfly. Oh, I love the dress. It's like a, what kind of blue would you say that is? It's satin sheened blue. It's beautiful. Uh, it's not deeply saturated. So you could say desaturated, if you will. Oh, wow. It's like a gray blue. The sleeves are everything. And her hair, the little bob is so cute. Her sleeves go up and out. And it literally looks like butterfly wings stopping at just below her shoulder. Mm-hmm. And it's a plunging view line it's to the floor length and it's cinched in a bit at the waist it's nice she has a little bob she's got some silver jewelry on i like this i Yet like again, it a lot though, too she needs a necklace oh i disagree really? i think that the sleeves are so busy she doesn't need one i would I, just like a thin chain oh see I, I disagree really but like what is with everyone in this award show not wanting a necklace fair enough they like rings bracelets earrings no necklace Oh, I don't like this one. Laura Dern and Pomolato jewelry. But the dress is the focus here. It literally looks like she's just wearing a t-shirt. And then at the bottom is feathers. Yeah, I don't like that. No, I'm not feeling that. I'm not vibing with it. The top is I'm dropping off my kids to the school dance. And yes. the bottom. She, she looks like the feather duster from Beauty and the Beast. Oh, my God. No, she's cosplaying. 
And then her hair is just her Laura Dern hair. Yeah, like, that is a good description. If you've she seen always Laura Dern like once, that. you know what hair she has. That's a good point. But yeah, that's a miss for me. And it's like kind of turtlenecked, but not enough. And it's not fitted to her neck. Yeah, I don't like it. And her jewel, like her earrings are almost touching the cloth of her shoulder, which I don't like either. Like for Laura Dern, she could have done better. For anyone, they could have done better. What the heck? The top, it's literally Macy's. Yeah. And the bottom is Feather Duster. Halle Berry. Ooh, that's pretty. I don't like her hair. So this one's another sweetheart neckline with a V. What is your A deep V, yeah. It's very flowy. And it's like has like bunching at the front. Yeah. And it's like, it looks like it's slightly ombre, but only this one little section in the front. No, it looks like it's ombre here, too. Well, maybe that's just the lighting. I don't know, but it's really pretty. I like it. Mine's the hair. Not a fan. Does she not have a necklace, either? No. No necklace. You're right. Maybe people I mean, like necklaces. My only thought was maybe if they're mic'd, but they're not mic'd, are they? Mm, no. No, they have a microphone on the stage, so I don't no. know why there's no necklaces. But her hair is so weird. Coconut head. Yeah. But then it's sharp following her cheekbone instead of going to, like, her chin or yeah, her shoulder. It's weird. This is a man to safe read. Heal. A man to okay, safe read. Okay, so to safe read. <gasps> In Armani. I really like that. That's another one you don't need a necklace for, I don't think. The only thing I can say, okay. So do you want to describe it first? Okay, so it's, like, a, a beautiful red... Floor length, it kind of um, like poofs out at the bottom, but it's uh, fitted at the hips. Yeah, fitted at the hips. Deep V neckline with some like ruffles at the top. Oh, it's so cute. The only thing I don't like mm-hmm. is the top. I feel like if it went in a little bit at the very top, it would look a little better and give a bit more shape. You think so? Like, yeah. Oh, I really like more. it. Interesting. But overall, I really do like it, except she's not wearing a necklace. I don't know that she needs one with it again, but maybe, like I said, pearls. I don't know. I like pearls with, like, classy dresses, you know? And her hair is in a low bun with, like, her bangs swept off to the side. Yeah, I think it looks really nice. I think it looks nice overall. I'll pass. I'll give it a pass. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you for coming. That was a choice. Reese Witherspoon in Dior and Bulgari jewelry. 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 It looks like I, a bridesmaid's dress. It does. And then she just has a belt. Like, not even a nice belt. It's just a leather belt that you would pick up from, like, a department store. It literally looks like Who a bridesmaid's dress. Who dressed her? Like, is Reese Witherspoon, like, having hard times? Uh, She's got her toes out. That was a choice. Yeah, I'm saying. Okay, next on the docket. H E R. Her. I don't know who that is. Her? The musician? Okay. I love her hair. Who's it by? Can you go down a little bit? Uh, in Dundas in Japan's jewelry. I mean, the outfit is stunning. Alright, most of what she's covered in is like a sheer blue lace fabric. Yeah. It also covers her head. And well, it has, like, a hood. Yeah. It's real pretty. Like I said, I love her hair. Um, part of it's a cape. And the glasses with it, I just love the look. But it's 
mostly a jumpsuit, but part of the jumpsuit is the hood and the cape, which is floor length as well. And she her hair goes all the way to her waist. Goals. Well, that's what I wish my hair freaking looked like. Angela, Angela Bassett, Bassett. And Alberta Ferrenti in Japan jewelry. Well, red is a big one this year. I mean, red's probably big most years. I really like her eye makeup. I don't love the dress. She kind of looks like a Christmas bow. Like the giant sleeves. I'm not a fan. You have to describe it first. And her bag is lip shaped. Oh, that I did not know. But the dress is floor length. It has like a split. How would you describe it? It's not really on the side. It's like almost down the front. But she could just be standing there. That's true. It's a slit that goes diagonal towards the front. Yeah. It opens. The top, can you scroll up a little bit? The top is a slight V going to her shoulders and it's off her shoulders. But then she has really large sleeves that I can only describe as like the edges of a bow. Yeah. And she has a train in the back that is the same material as her sleeves. So it really looks like she has a bow. That's what I'm saying. She has a little Christmas bow. And she's not wearing a necklace. That too. Carrie Mulligan. Oh, you like her? She was in Promising Young Woman. Oh, yeah. I forgot about her. Okay. I don't know how I feel about the dress. Is that her midriff bear or is that a different color? It's her midriff bear. And she oh, yeah. has like a little bit of under boob of But it really like... is not look intentional. No. Like she just needed to have someone just like, zoop, zoop. Into her top a little bit. Yeah, I'm just not really a fan of the dress. It's okay. So the top is a bandeau top, and the bottom is has a band tight around her waist, but then flows completely out like it's a ball gown. Like a ball gown and gown, and it's gold metallic material. I don't like it. No necklace again. No necklace. This again. one really needed one. She's not wearing any bracelets. Uh, her earrings are just like regular gold earrings, and she has her hair pulled back. So. So her hair pulled back or is it short? No, it's pulled back. And her hair is pulled back. I don't like it. It makes her, like, proportions look weird. And like I said, she needed to be put in her top better. Yeah. And the dress is kind of wearing her, I think. Like, it looks like she was being strapped down rather than, like, put in a top. Yeah. Oh, my fucking God. He's wearing fucking Crocs. You know Questlove? He's wearing gold Crocs at the Oscars. Close. There is a queen on RuPaul's Drag Race UK who looks just like Lucas <laughs> Joe Black from RuPaul's Drag Race UK season two looks just like Lucas. Look up Andre Day, Oscars twenty twenty one. She had a look very similar to Carrie Mulligan's. Looks like her dress, but better. But better. Okay. Do you want to describe it? But you gotta be specific. Is Carrie Mulligan's but better. <laughs> like, uh, how do I even explain that? So it's like, it's a gold metallic dress, kind of. It has a cutout on the side, and it has like a uh, slit. Would you call it a slit? Not really. Yeah, but it goes up there's almost to her hip. And then there's like straps on the top. I just, it's just cool. And I guess my final words on this is that Questlove decided to wear Gold Crocs, Crocs to the Oscars. No bueno. Is anyone 
actually watching the Oscars anymore, though. Emerald Fennel. Emerald. I like that name. But I don't like the dress. Her, like, dress and looks like stuck. watercolor, but also an oil painting from the pastel oil paintings. The green reminds me of, like, there's, like, something bright green <laughs> yellow from the young. I can't for the life of me think of what it was, but it was hideous. Um, it looks like the top looks like a wrap dress. Yeah. There's slightly flowy sleeves that go to her mid. Where are you going? I was looking. I'm sorry. Her mid forearm. It goes to the ground. It's very flowy, and I think she's pregnant. Oh really? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Just by like how she's holding her hands. Yeah. Not sure she wasn't. That'd be awkward. What the fuck? I mean, then she'd be standing like a pangolin. Same. Special shout-out to... Oh, I think that's him. Oh, to those to the guest of Dernst DeMille Emile II. Special shout-out to her. That's a pretty dress. You're right. Her name is Zaria. Man, you look beautiful. Okay, who are you? Tiara Thomas. Shout-out to you, too. Damn. That is a boss bitch if I've ever seen one. I'm feeling the necklace. See, she's the Finally, right. someone wearing a fucking necklace. Okay, yep. can we talk about his suit? Yeah, Coleman, Coleman Domingo. Domingo. <gasps> it's like a flamingo pink. It's just beautiful. I love it so much. And shiny black shoes, I'm here for it. I think that's all for me. Yeah. Um, I believe Minari won some awards. So, shout out to that. Um, we didn't watch the Oscars because who watches who the Oscars? If you do, let us know. Why not? Ever since Ricky Gervais hosted, I feel like it's just gone downhill. Have you? He was roasting everyone that night. I mean, so people need it, you know. Well, I guess thank you for listening. Lizzie can do the rest of the outro. Okay, no pressure. Uh, leave us a review. Uh, if you feel so inclined. Follow us on Instagram at Beautiful But Deadly Pod. On Twitter at Deadly underscore pod. Uh, email us at Gmail. Uh, beautiful But Deadly Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you and good night. Yes. Until next time. Bye.